Welcome to the Hipseed Podcast with me, Rabbi Simcha, and my co-host all the way via Zoom in Edmonton, Canada, Sherry B. Say hello. hello. Sherry, it's been a long time. It really has. Right? It's, it's been months. The reason I knew we had to start the podcast back up, I was in the pizza store and a rando came over to me and said, Rabbi Simcha, you've not had a podcast since May. What do you think about wow. that, Sherry? That's we're, we're, we're in the pizza stores in Flatbush. Okay, we have a phenomenal next. This may be the greatest guest we've ever had. Whoa. What do you think about that? Firstly, Sherry, how's your quarantine going? It's actually going great. I'm a local celebrity in Canada now. That didn't take long. It's not hard to be a local celebrity in Edmonton. Uh, one quick question before the guest. How are the single Jewish guys in Edmonton? They're moving to Calgary. They don't like Edmonton for some reason. Come on, the, the Jewish population is dwindling here. It's up to me to bring it back, I guess. Sherry, I'm like your Jewish mother. Every day I pray and I hope. Okay, before the guest, can we talk about the elephant in the room, Sherry? Okay. And the elephant in the room is my beard. You may notice there's been changes. I started rolling my beard. What do you think, Sherry? It looks good. You're looking very hip, Sid. It's called the semi-tuck roll. My friend Arthur Shmolevsky, I spend more time preparing to leave the house than Kim Kardashian on an average Monday. Okay, moving swiftly on to the guest. We have a celebrity fashionista, next level, one of my oldest, nearest, dearest, and besties, Asia Cohen in Teaneck, New Jersey. Are you there? I'm here, baby. Asia, I can hear you, but on Zoom, I can't see you. You are like Hashem. You are omnipresent, hovering over us. So, Asia, welcome to the Hipsid Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. We've been speaking about this for months. Months. So, let's give the, the listener, the gentle, loving listener from the pizza store in Flatbush, some of the background into, uh, into Asia Cohen. We met how many years ago? So we met, <laughs> I believe it was sophomore year of college. That was 2002. Wow. Can, wow. You see, can you see me on Zoom? I can see you, but you can't see me. I know, it's a little crazy. What's your take on the semi-tuck roll? Oh, so I'm I'm digging it. I think it looks right? good. It looks like you have a haircut, and I like your hoodie. Right, you know, you're looking really hip. Right. Well, I got a fashionista. Okay. <laughs> so every time, okay, because uh, as the listener knows, I chair the religious affairs committee at Pratt Institute, and every time I'm in the cafeteria, I think of Asia Cohen. So just to take back the uh, the listeners, it's 2002. I'm walking through the cafeteria. I meet Asia. Asia, take it over. So I don't exactly remember the first time that Come we on. met in the cafeteria. Great. <laughs> but I, I have vivid. The moment. I know, sorry. <laughs> but I have vivid, vivid Simcha moments that I can totally go down memory lane on, oh. especially your dill pickle apartment. It's okay. D- do, do share. Look so, at dill pickle. I guess we're just getting right on into it. We're getting, Um, we're going there. All right. So I met Simcha in 2002 because I 
wanted to discover Judaism. I wasn't Jewish at the time. And what better way to find Judaism than with food? He was giving out free sushi at lunch for there a Kabbalah class. There you go. And I was a hungry, underpaid, overworked, poor college student. So I decided to show up. Wow. And you showed up for the free sushi. The free sushi as Asia Calvitti. Okay. And what was your background coming into Pratt? So I grew up Italian Catholic. I'm like as Jersey Italian as it gets. Um, you know, the whole nine. And then I went to Pratt. And when I went to Pratt, my dad was probably really worried, sending me off to Brooklyn at 18 years old and said, can you start going to church? And I started, <laughs> you know, close enough. Yeah. So I started going to church and it kind of died out very quickly after. And then literally as soon as I stopped going to church in walks, this Israeli guy that I had met and then we start dating and then all of a sudden Simchuk comes into my life. There you go. Basically in a nutshell. You came for the sushi, ended up a T-neck soccer mom. Okay. Um, <laughs> just to give you... I, SUV, I would like to point out, or I have an SUV. I do not have a minivan. I'm the same way. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I refuse to go Odyssey. I just, once you go Odyssey, I feel that's the beginning of the end or the end of the beginning. You know, you, yeah. I can't do it. I'm holding on to coolness. I know. I know. And I, I'm not a soccer mom, but I like sports. All right. Close All enough. Right, so. Okay. So the way that I remember the conversation going, and if you want me to edit this afterwards, let me know. Okay. <laughs> the, the way that I remember it, I'm in the cafeteria. I'm walking through. We have a conversation. And I remember you you telling me at one point, I'd like to become Jewish. Yeah, yeah. I want to join the tribe. And I remember thinking to myself, what's his name? And you were like, no, there's no guy. I want to, what's his name? And I, I remember you sort of saying, his name is Avi. He's going to love me forever. And uh, in about two weeks later, Avi was no more. Avi's generic name, by the way. Within yeah, two yeah. weeks, he was gone, but you seemed to stick around. I, and uh, you became part of part of the crew, part of the family. Uh, there are friends, there are family, there are friends that become family. And here we are 18 years later. I remember standing under the chuppah with Evan and Rabbi Raskin, who came about um, two hours late. Remember that? <laughs> My mom's still upset about that. That's okay. Really? <laughs> what was that like? I was in the car on the way watching him you know get the texts so what was that like oh the wedding so the wedding it was pouring like nobody's business and you know here's like my italian family at my uncle's like italian banquet hall in new jersey that was quite and a wedding it was like my big fat jewish italian wedding it was literally literally and, you know the whole like week even leading up to the wedding it was it was tense i moved home for the week you know like i separated from evan we didn't see each other but thank god we talked because i i thought i might not have made it to the chuppah and um and it was definitely stressful and i also you know like i i'm a convert i don't like to say so many things to my family so it was a little vague of like what they were really going to be getting into you know like i like to keep it on their keep them on their toes but i probably should have you know warned them more and they walk into this like crazy 
kind of like, oh my gosh, what's happening here? This isn't what we're used to. There's a Every, Evan's family a, a little bit religious, right? I, I remember the brother. The brother is into so it. The, yeah, so the brother is black hat, but the parents are not religious. Sure. Like, you know, the, the dad, like, goes to shul sometimes. The sisters, right. like, you know, regular. Like, they're regular. Like, I don't even like using that word, right? What the hell is regular, you know? Nowadays, um, I don't know. I don't even know. Who knows what regular Not is. normal is the new normal. Yeah. So they're just like, you know, like they grew up with like, you know, kosher in the home, but you can bring in Chinese and eat it on paper plates. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Been there. Done so, that. um, so then in walks, you know, Rabbi Raskin like two hours late and it was like, <laughs> oh, finally he's here. And then I remember like getting into this argument, like literally the next day about the wedding, like, and thank God we had a Shavar Bracha at your house the next day because... I don't even remember. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. It was on the roof. It was so fun. Oh, yes. So fun. I remember. It was beautiful. It was sold yeah. and elky. Those uh, were very special. Just to let the listener know that, that you know, 2002, we were pretty new into the Pratt tenure. And it was a small crew. It was like, oh, it was Saul and elky. And you, who else was around the table at, at that time? Those, those are the people that I'm still like the closest with. It was, wow. it was small. Right. You right. know, like it was, it was tiny. Warren, Ari, right. Michael, like it was like a small crew. This is when right. you were first writing your book. Right. Yeah. This is Back like in the, the day. Total beginning. Total be newbie. Right. Yeah. Definitely right. newbie. I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't have any idea, but we graduated from that table, you know, to a storefront, to a synagogue. And at this point, almost 20 years later, there are, there are I, I would say, hundreds, if not thousands of alumni from uh, those Shabbat dinners. So the yeah. fact that we're still in touch and we're still involved and we're still besties, it, it means a lot to me. Yes, it says some, a lot, a lot. Right. Right. And, and as you know, Asia, um, that you were very pivotal, that we, we have been going through a little bit of a shift and a switch. And mm -hmm. you were very pivotal into, into my decision making. And you've, you've been, what's the word? I guess uh, a rock, a supporter, uh -huh. an advocate, a uh -huh. friend. Uh, and, and I'm very uh, appreciative. Uh, and just to bring I don't think Sherry even knows. And just to give the listener uh, a little bit of an exclusive, Sherry, you still there? I'm learning now. That's it, Sherry. Just as Sh Sherry, what happened? The sound has gone a bit wonky. Should be okay. Oh, it's better now. Okay, so just to uh, let the listener know, Sherry is no longer in the RV in Bushwick. Uh. COVID killed Bushwick. Explain to the listener what has transpired with the RV and what is left of the RV? Um, okay, so basically the RV is now, uh, has been re-rented by a hipster who is turning it into a coffee shop. Oh, cool. Illegally, by the way. But that's not my business. And I, I built a studio at my mom's house here in Edmonton and just, I don't know. Everyone built home studios. I'm just talking to them. We live in this completely digital universe now. See, Sherry, there are, there are certain, there are very few, I would say, people that are primed and prepared for a pandemic. 
Sherry is someone that lives off the grid. I mean, you I'm just prepared for anything at this you, point. You, you are like the on. Jason Bourne of, of podcasters, okay? You are ready for this. Sherry can live off the grid. Sherry produces podcasts, hundreds of shows. I can live off my mom's house. What's it like living with your mother? By the I met your mother. She dragged uh, me under the table that Friday night. I mean, there's a lot of Jewish stereotypes, which All is good and terrible. Right. But she's a very proud, very proud Jewish mother. She sure is. She's, okay, I see you holding back on the mother. Okay, we'll, <laughs> we'll save that for another episode. Okay, so just to bring the listeners up to date, the, the, uh, the RV is becoming a, a podcast studio. And me, my wife, my family have made a little bit of a shift in, in our, our synagogue situation, Sherry. We moved. <sighs> we moved. Asia's wow, like, oh, that's I told Asia about this six months ago. <laughs> yeah, I've known about this. <laughs> we moved. So we have, we actually relocated. Uh, just to bring the, the listeners up, because this is something that I'd like to discuss. I'd, I'd really like to explore and like to journey. So as, as you both know, we have a child with autism, Ellie. Beautiful, beautiful Ellie. He is 15 years old. And once Ellie sort of got into, uh, into puberty, and into adolescence, it was the logistics started to shift. And, and the demands of being a communal rabbi, um, it's, it's all or nothing. And, and as Asia and Sh- Sherry, remember the Mrs. Maisel's Hanukkah party? Yes, that was amazing. How many people were in the Mrs. Maisel's Hanukkah party? Well... A lot more than social distancing allows, that's for sure. Right, right. So a, a thousand square foot storefront, we must have had about 1,500 people uh, at the Mrs. Maisel's party. And uh, having a son that's, that's sensory and has, has needs, uh, emotional needs, uh, the living conditions of hipster Brooklyn and running a tiny storefront, it was getting difficult, it was getting dangerous. This is something I'd like to explore later on. But Asia, you were very healthy and helpful in, in giving me the strength and the motivation to talk about hiring assistance, mm. Asia. So thank you. Thank you. So well, we, we, yeah, go on. It was probably, I, I was doing it because I care so much about you and I love Ellie. Like Ellie was at my wedding. I have like a beautiful picture of member of like you, like he's like under your tzitzis. Like it was like, he was like four or something. Um, But also probably like subconsciously it was like, oh, well I'm no longer in like the Pratt neighborhood. So he shouldn't be in either. And you (laughs) should come to the suburban dark side. So, you know. (laughs) You know, Ellie's an interesting cat because for a kid that doesn't speak, he makes a lot of noise mm. and there are, he has so many fans that I could be anywhere. I'll be in a pizza store in the five towns and half the crew will be like, Ellie. I'm like, how do you know them? He's like, I don't know. Um, so yeah, Ellie, Ellie's a cool kid. Cool, cool cat. So we needed a place that had space. In fact, Ellie now is living in Boston. I go to Boston uh, once a week, once every other week, we bring him home. We have logistics, we have space. It is a, a different life. Plus, I'm still able to go back to Pratt for Shabbosim. I still give my class. I'm still involved. But, Sherry, are you ready? You're nodding. Okay. Get there, Sherry. No, here's, here's the way I'm selling it, okay? Okay. okay. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi 
was trained by Qui-Gon. You remember Qui-Gon in The Phantom Menace? I never got that into it, but... Oh, come on. Okay. Obi-Wan Kenobi then became the mentor to Luke Skywalker. Okay? Mm -hmm. Luke Skywalker. And Luke Skywalker then became the mentor, the Jedi, to Rey in the new ones. So just as Luke hands over the lightsaber to Rey, I'm handing over the talus, as it were, to Yossi. We've got to get him on the podcast. Great kid, by the way. He built a sucker out of pallets. Can you believe that, Asia? So cool. I He's saw the guy. So Pratt. I saw him sweating with the pallet sucker, and I was like, whew, go for it, kid. I'm going back to the suburbs. But um, so um, th that's, that's what we're involved. We're active. But, but, but I want to thank Asia for giving me the strength, the support, the love to know that sometimes you need to, um, what's the word? You need to delegate and you mm -hmm. need to grow. I need to grow in a sensible and safe way. So <clears throat> I want to thank Asia. You really were very helpful. Thank you. Those, and very those much. calls all spring. I remember like those calls were so great. I loved it. Like, I, know. I, I know. love when we like really, you know, like I've always looked at you as like my rabbi from college, but you're really not my rabbi from college. You're like my close, close college friend, just like Salinaki. Like, so it was just so nice. And in this day and age of just like picking up the phone and actually talking, like, thank God, like you call, I call, I'm a caller. Right. Well, that... I'm, like, I'm not a texter. I need a call, right. man. Right. Right. And, and, and I'm the same way. I hate that. I got to talk to you. No offense, Asia. When you call, it's always a long one. I know it is. I know. I have lots to say. <laughs> I'm like, Asia's on the phone. Okay. It's long. And I, I I'm very grateful. Um, so enough about me, Sherry. Um, what do you think about me? No, no, no. Okay. So uh, I want to, what I want to, and I also want to explore the, uh, the Ellie's journey. That's something that we're going to do in future podcasts. And there's a lot of extremely exciting stuff in, in the pipeline in that area. But Asia, what I wanted to talk about on, on the pod today, you got some cool stuff going on. Yes. Right? You, you have found the way to merge the sect and the secular. See what I did? You have found the way to merge your talents at Pratt. I believe you studied fashion. Mm -hmm. So just yeah. explain to the listeners what, what, what you've done in fashion, where you've worked. Okay, so um, after Pratt, I graduated from Pratt and I started working for a bunch of different companies. Um, my first like big job was at Converse, um, doing a basketball line for D Wade. Um, and then I worked for champion and did sportswear for champion and then Fila, like a bunch of different activewear positions. And I love, love activewear because, you know, as you know, I teach yoga, which came kind of, you know, during this whole that whole time of designing activewear. Um, and then it, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't so, so modest. Like, I mean, we can share like our, my story of like when I first went to the mikvah and you were like, dude, take out the nose ring, buy the black long skirt and let's get this done here, baby. And I, and I was like, okay. It's pretty much the words I use. It's pretty much, exactly. Yeah, pretty much. 
pretty much. And there's a few other things that may not right. be so PC, but you know, we'll leave that out of the conversation. Right. Um, and it was like, let's get this done. You're totally an MOT. So like, let's just move it and groove it. Right. And, um, and you know, so I'm designing like act, regular activewear, wearing activewear, doing my whole thing and exploring my modesty and my like Jewish wife, women, you know, role. And then once I really did my yoga teacher training in Crown Heights, a religious, you know, women's yoga training, that's when I kind of started to like think a little differently about me basically having my ass out in leggings. Like maybe that's just not so coach. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, well, we can edit, you know, whatever you need to do. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of like that. Not so kosh. I kind of want to keep so that. Kosh. No, no, we keep it. That's we're gonna. That's gonna be the title. For yeah, the that episode. stays. But I do want to apologize to the listener in the pizza store in Flatbush who may get. <laughs> okay, moving on. And then that's when I really, you know, like there's something something to be said about like when a rabbi or even when like halacha tells you something. And then there's something about when you start to say to yourself, well, maybe like, you know, going back to maybe that's not, maybe I don't feel so kosher in this. Right. And then I was just like starting to like think a little differently and it took time. Like, right. you know, I don't. I Evolution, not revolution. Yeah. And I make it very clear, like my modest journey and even my Jewish journey has never been a straight right. line. Like it's up, down, you know in the ground, in the sky, who knows? Like it's going in so many different places. So I really started to kind of think differently of like, okay, I'm teaching a yoga class, a private to a husband and wife. I don't want him looking at me. I want him looking at right. the wife or I'm going into Jewish schools teaching right. kids yoga. I can't be wearing that. Like right. it just got me thinking a little differently. And even right. my relationship with yoga of like, okay, do people like this post on Instagram because I'm in a great pose or because I'm half naked in the pose. Like there's a whole, is, does that have to do Objectify. with Objectify. Yeah. yeah. And is that real yoga? Right. Is that, right. what's the point here? So it just started to kind of percolate like this is right. a while ago. And then, you know, I've worked in fashion for a long time and in fashion, it's like a use you and, you know, right. I don't know what, whatever, use right. you and let you go kind of, situation right and i got let go a bunch of times from a, a bunch of different places for you know no hard feelings for good reason right. and then um then finally after last year of being in this job where i'm like i don't even want to do this this isn't right. what i believe in yeah, i remember we had that conversation yeah and that was, that was the, the, the safari guy right the safari yeah i mean i've worked yeah. for a lot of right, moving okay. All right. guys. <clears throat> um which was also really great for my Judaism because right. like I didn't have to explain anything. Right. Right. You know? So there were a lot of pluses. Right. Um, and plus, plus you are, you're a creative, you're a designer. It's yeah. not, you know, I'm guessing it's probably a little mundane and moribund to be, uh, you know, just a, 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 another cog in, in, in a wheel. That's just, you know, following out someone else's vision and dream. And uh, you, at some point you want to be creative. Yeah, totally. Um, but it, and you're spiritual and you're going through this journey and, you know, you're exploring uh, and, and modesty and synthesizing the two together. Mm -hmm. So I remember one of our very long conversations, you call me up and you said, Rabbi Simcha, I'm doing it. <laughs> Take it away. So then 
I met with a, like, I got let go from that job. Evan also, my husband, he just let, he just um, left his own job. So we, this is last summer. We basically are parents of three kids with no jobs. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Like he had been figuring out. (laughs) We had been figuring out like whatever he wanted to do with his life. And thank God he wound up getting a job like six months later. And I was like, well. Awesome guy, by the way. Evan, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and very supportive. Love him. So that's very. So then I was like, well, what am I going to do? And my friend who I met with, we used to work together and she said, you need something to serve your community. Wow. And I was like, well, who the hell is my community? And I had like no clue who these people were, even though like, I live in a modern Orthodox neighborhood. I keep Shabbos. I keep kosher. I send my kids to Jewish school. Like I just, you know, some things are like right in front of you and you just can't see it. And then like of all things that happened to me, like I'm davening and I'm like connecting, like really like jiving, like hanging out with Hashem. And then I'm like, wait a minute. And I have on like modest activewear, which is like my go-to thing. And I was like, I'm going to design a modest activewear collection. And that's my community. This is my thing. And to be honest, like, thank God for this whole brand and the idea, because this has really helped with my SNES and my relationship, not just to modesty, but just to Judaism in general. Right. Like, right. The whole- I, 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 I would say at this point, it's become almost like a shlichus for you. Um, it is. I know. I kind of feel like I right. Just, I just like, just like I have a shlichus. And and by the way, part of this podcast, I realize that after so many years and so many people and so many journeys and so many stories, that my my shlichus is as important to the alumni as it is to the freshmen. And oh, I realize that 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 is there are so many people that have lost contact and touch and connection. So really, I'm so happy that we're having this conversation. I'm so happy that we still have, have this, this connection. So for you, it's, it's not just a business, it's a calling. Mm. And I think that's really nice that you just said that because, you know, and we've had this conversation before on the phone right. where time and time again, where you'll go and you'll meet a rabbi or you'll right. go to this dinner, or you'll go to this event. And then all of a sudden you graduate, say from college and then right. bam, there goes the relationship. And you're like, oh yeah, that guy or that, you know, the wife that I was friends with like 20 years ago. Right. But what's so special about you is that you actually cultivate the relationships and they become friendships. It's, you're not just like some like, Hey, I'm going to call you for a hundred bucks a year. And then that's it. Right. Well, now I've got Rabbi Yossi building the pallets on mm-hmm. Myrtle Avenue, and I can schmooze in Teaneck. So yeah. uh, and and go back. So it's uh, it's, it's uh, amazing. It is awesome. So well, you did have that really great Shabbos last. Like it was right before. Thank God it was like right before Corona. Remember you came for Shabbos in Teaneck. Yes. We had such a blast. Oh my God, it was wild. Maybe that was two years. I don't remember. That was two years but ago. That was so fun. It was, was a lot of fun. Shabbos. It was a lot. And you have a great shul. And you had a great Shabbos table. Yeah. Okay. So. A few things I want to talk about. Okay. Number one is that, that having this brand that sort of synthesizes uh, sportswear, yoga, and modesty, mm-hmm. that there seems to be, and I, I, I find this fascinating, a whole genre of Jewish Orthodox women that are doing it for themselves in, in fashion. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a whole wave now. I've watched with, with awe, quite frankly, uh, uh, people like... Uh, the the Mimu girls mm-hmm. and I'm a huge fan of the frock of yeah, what they're doing 
and uh, it's awesome. So uh, have, what's been the connection between those brands? Have they inspired you? Have they mentored you? And what's your take on, because you probably are at the epicenter of, of what's, it's getting cool. Thanks. Um, Gary, so it's happening in Brooklyn. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> but the thing about Brooklyn is that Brooklyn is like, it's like Jerusalem. It's a feeling, but it's right. everywhere. You know, right. like it's just like really kind of right. like, seeps everywhere. So Chaya is a great friend. I love Chaya. Um, we have been chatting since last summer about this whole idea. She was totally into it. I sent her a skirt. She is, she then messaged me and was like, dude, I don't know where my skirt is. It's in a sea of all of my clothes. And I said, I think it's time to purge. I think now would be a good time to purge all of the stuff if you can't find the skirt. Um, so she's been- Purge means throw home. away the old clothes. Explain yeah. to me the fashion purge. Yeah, yeah, the, the purge. Um, Sherry never purges anything. Sherry has- That's like not true. I've, I've seen the don't purge my VHS story. collection, but that's another podcast. Right. right. Love VHS. Okay, so you, she purged. Chaya purged. Well, I don't know if she purged, but oh. hopefully she'll find the skirt in her pile of clothes. Um, but she's been such a big help because we go back and forth and I ask her questions of like inventory or, you know, getting started or funding or, you know, whatever, whatever kind of thing that I really am thinking. Yeah. Um, and then also we're going to talk about like another like mentor person that I really you know, I've been friends with her for so, so long. Hani Frankel, Frankel from Mimulo. Oh, shout she's out. like, she's my home girl. Right. We have been friends for so long. And she's also Very like special. life business coach. And we just like bounce ideas and we have these great inspiring talks. Right. So I think it's, it's just a, know, a, like, a total side note. Her husband, Naftali, is one of my best friends. Yeah, because of Sam. And, and Man City just beat Arsenal. Oh, just amazing. to put it out there. Naftali. Amazing. Yeah. All right, back to the, uh, you know, Asia. Back to the thing. They were your cheerleaders. Who, who makes the clothes? So I have a factory in Los Angeles. Look at um, you. I, you know, working in fast fashion, I've, you know, we've made so much stuff. I, I know you fashion. told me at the beginning that part of the brand was you wanted things to be made organically holistically in america uh you are not uh there are no sweatshops in indonesia mm -mm. no, <laughs> no it's no, it's no. ethical it's an ethical business well if i feel like if we're making a modest brand and right. especially a modest wellness brand because that's what this is it needs to be modest across the board. Modest is not just, and you know, I have these talks, I do these like Instagram lives called what modesty means to me. And wow. most of the women that I've had on the talks, like time and time again, everyone says the same thing. Modesty isn't about what you're wearing on the outside. It's about how you're operating on the inside. So how am I going to launch a modest activewear brand and then make it in China and just churn, churn, churn through product that doesn't, match, you know, the ethics and the whole point of this whole thing. Um, so that was like a definite, you know, non-negotiable for me that it was going to be made in America. And, um, and that's the deal. And then also like my main fabric is made from, um, it's a poly, but it's made from recycled plastic bottles. So it's a recycled polyester. And then I'm hoping to expand just, you know, more things in this recycled fabric because also, that's just another thing. Like, I feel like 
and goes with the ethos with the modesty and just like with this whole, I call it like, instead of Sikun Olam, it's like repairing the fashion world. Um, and you know, every little thing helps. Purging. Yeah. Right. Speaking of purging, we got uh, five minutes All left right. in the Zoom. We can do a lot. I can do a lot in five, a lot of damage I can do in five minutes, Sherry. <laughs> Sherry, what's your take on the ethical, modest fashion wear? I just started doing hot yoga and oh. it's freezing cold here. So, I mean, just from even though I'm already in a hot room, I want to be covered up because I'm so cold. Mm. There you go. You got I know a, that's a weird way to look at it. But. Have a new customer, Asia. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. And, and what, what's, what's been the response to the brand? And what's it like launching a brand in a pandemic? And I guess now everything is viral and virtual. So it, it, it's no longer bricks and mortar. But what's that been like? So I guess it's always been socially distant from the get-go. So that's been a plus. Um, it's, this has really been like a grassroots group of women supporting women. Um, the entire brand. Everyone is an advocate for the brand, which I really, really value. And, you know, I make friends through social, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or just like I, the other day I was hiking with my husband and he's like, that's a really cool looking group of from Jews. You need to just yell at them and say, Hey, this is transcendent. And I did. And then we became friends, me and this girl. <laughs> it was like so random. Right. Um, so I really value all these relationships as not just like future customers or current customers as real friends. Like this is, it's a clothing line, but it's about creating a community of people like healthy talking about modesty talking about what's going on in their lives and really like supporting and um encouraging so that's the whole premise of what the brand really means it's beautiful so it's, it's not like some monolithic you know as i said sweatshop in indonesia it's something that people connect to they relate to you know they buy into i feel the same in, i have my own you know i think in life we look especially in times of a pandemic you know you look for your team you look yeah. for your allies, you look for your village. I found that uh, certainly in my Chabad family, in my extended autism family now, I've certainly mm -hmm. found, found that, that feeling and, and that connection and that sense of sort of shared journey. So uh, it's about the journey, not just the destination. And if you can uh, sell a few you know, yoga pants along the way, that uh, yeah. helps pay the mortgage. So about Asia. the pants too like that's another part of it is like you know you some people that are not as religious when they hear modesty all right. of a sudden they say oh gosh you know that's not for me right but i sell separates like i'm releasing a legging mm, so for you. all the people look that are you. not you right. know like i have a lot of girls that want to support but don't wear a skirt or don't wear a quarter sleeve right. don't want to wear a dress so there's a pant and then there's also a bunch of religious girls that say hey i want separates because i want to throw one in the wash and i want to wear you know like it, it makes sense to have it as a separate so right. this is about modesty on the inside which will become a reflection of modesty on the outside however wow it. beautiful inside out okay yeah. beautiful i remember i i think i, re I have a recollection now of of having classes in Pratt on sneers and on modesty and you'd be fascinating. Okay. Yeah. So Sherry, we got two minutes and 35 seconds to go. Yeah. So, okay. So fi uh, finally, and by the way, so Asia, like, we, in the, like an NFL, <laughs> Asia, we're not even scratching the surface here. I know. Got, 
This is going to be a regular because we have a lot of stories from the dill pickled color apartment. I have a lot of my quotes for this podcast. If we're going to get this stuff online, yes. So Look at Sherry, ABC, oh, always be closing. <laughs> Sherry, I'm going to hire you, girl. That was good. <laughs> so the website is www.transcendentactive.com. And then you can find me on Instagram at Transcendent Active or Facebook at Transcendent Active. Beautiful. And I'm sure Simka, he'll hopefully have the link in there. Okay, we'll put it, we'll put it in the show notes. Not that we have show notes. Okay, we've got less, less than a minute. Less than a minute. So I want to thank the listeners. I want to thank Menachem Grossman from the Flatbush Pizza Store who encouraged me to get on the mic. I want to thank Sherry. I want to thank Asia. I want to thank everybody. This is the Hipsit Podcast. We're back, baby. Rabbi Simcha, we're, we're back. back. We're back in a bit. Back in pizza a big, guy, what's up? Big bad way. Okay, God bless, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank Bye. you. Hipset the podcast is recorded and produced by Rabbi Simha and Cherry Barkley. Please like and subscribe on iTunes.